So, you know, I made my first water rescue. I didn't tell you this story. I made no. my first water rescue recently. Really? Dan and I had gone to this waterfall with Frida. Frida's the dog, by the way. Yeah, Frida's my little miniature dachshund. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I just see something go whoom, down over it, like this little streak. Over the waterfall? Over the waterfall. I was like, it's Frida. She's just gone <gasps> over the waterfall. No! In just a split second, I was like, she just went over that fall. She's in the water, and it could be holding her down. So I dove in, swimming as hard as I can. Jump in with both feet. Go big. Follow your dreams. Grab life by the reins. This is how we live. We're Callie King and Andrea Wadey, two horse trainers always looking for adventure and finding it. Join us for stories of dangerous travels, wild animals, new challenges, and in the end, always learning alongside our magnificent horses. So saddle up and follow along. You're listening to Grab Life by the Reins. said it before but I've never lived away from the sound of the ocean I know I'm incredibly blessed but I just couldn't imagine it we just can't get away from water we live and breathe water whether we're jumping in skinny dipping surfing whitewater rafting can't help ourselves Callie and I have both surfed I surfed a lot in Costa Rica and I loved it I don't surf now but I did love it and you're just starting to learn to surf but you've had some hair-raising surfing stories. Yes, I'm just starting to learn. I think my experiences would not be at all hair-raising for a normal person. They're only hair-raising because my yeah. skills are so poor. Like now that I have been living in a beach town, that's a great surf town, for a year and a half, and I've been learning to surf now for several years. I'm saying this, saying learning to surf in parentheses. And people are starting to be like, oh, are you a surfer? And I never know how to answer it because the truth is I basically just flail around on a surfboard <laughs> trying to stay afloat and trying to stay alive is what it feels like. Because when I first started going out, I was renting a room in the house of a, a pro surfer. And he was and is incredible surfer. I mean, competed, went after some of the biggest waves in the world. And when he would go out and he would take me out, like he, he wasn't taking me out into huge stuff. No. But he was, I think this goes with all things. There's people that are really good at what they do that doesn't make them a great teacher. A hundred percent. And yeah. there was also a little bit of a limit because I was still, I was still very much learning Spanish. You know, my, my language skills were not a hundred percent, still aren't, but they were poorer then. And he spoke English, but also not enough to like, so there was a communication gap, right? <laughs> yeah. So I remember the one time we had gone um, to, it was like this crazy four wheel adventure to get to this wave. There was no one else there. So it was just him, his girlfriend and me. And we're out in the water. And of course he's amazing. She's like good, you know, she's, she's proficient in this level of wave. And I just had absolutely no idea what to do, <laughs> but I was, I was totally in. So I, I paddle out. I'm trying so hard to keep up with them. I get out there and she takes a wave and just rides it beautifully in. And then there, this next one's coming 
And I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You know, I started, I started getting this like revved up feeling as soon as I know I'm going to Adrenaline. So I'm, I just, I'm like, okay, look at the shore, paddle, 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 paddle. And, <laughs> and I just hear him yelling, look the wave, look the wave, look oh. the wave. <laughs> so I'm, I'm turning back and I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it, but I don't know what it means, yeah. but I'm looking at it. What am I looking at? <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't understand at all the timing of it. So the thing was standing oh, up. And you went straight up and over. I, it, it caught the tail of my board oh, and yeah. took me like this and then just flipped me. We call it purling in England. You're <laughs> straight up and over. Oh, it, <sighs> luckily it was deep enough water and luckily I didn't like crash down on the board, but it was big enough that it, it held me under, scared me, hurt still hurt on the landing. There's nothing more humbling than surfing. And do you know what really bugs me? You and I have grown up riding horses our whole life. You know, our lives somewhat revolve around horses. And both of our partners in life are surfers. My husband's surfed his whole life. Your boyfriend is a, is a great surfer. Surfers can ride. You put them on a horse and okay, they might not have the best riding position, they stick like glue. And it's really sickening and quite annoying, to be honest, that they can do it so well with absolutely no practice. But it doesn't go the other way. Like just because you can ride horses and tank around and keep your seat and stay on, you know, young, excited horses, no, doesn't translate to the ocean whatsoever. And that really annoys me that it goes one way and not the other. And I used to try and like keep up with the boys and the girls that surfed really, really well. And I'd surf, you know, when we first moved to Costa Rica, I was surfing twice a day. I loved it. And then we went out this one day and it was rainy season and it was big, a lot bigger than I'd ever been out in. And Chris, my husband, is amazing. He's so supportive of me, but, you know, he's protective of me, wants to make sure I stay safe. And he said to me this day, I don't think you should go out. I I'm going, was my reply. Absolutely. I'm coming out. I'm fine. I know what I'm doing. And he was like, it's bigger than it looks, which is true. Costa Rica was often like that. You'd think, oh, yeah, that's not big. And then you'd paddle out and you know, it would just stomp around the headland and you'd be like, oh my God, there's, you know, an apartment block coming around the corner. So anyway, I was like, no, I'm going out. And it was him and our friend who we used to call him Captain Far. And we're paddling out and the biggest set came marching through and the boys were like, paddle. And I hate that when everyone shouts that because you think, oh my God. So I'm digging in and I'm paddling for all my worth, but I'm still, you know, 20 feet behind them. And all I remember is Jason looking back, Captain Far, looking over his shoulder and just going, paddle. And I'm like, I am. And I wasn't going to make it. And I went up the wave face and I was thinking, I'll get over the top. I'll get over the top. Nah, it just started breaking right as I was at the top of the wave. And it flipped me over backwards. And I went into what they call the washing machine. And I went around and around and around. And the leash, the leg rope of the board went round my neck and the board took off underwater and I was felt like I was dying. It was so frightening. And I probably was only under the water for probably less than a minute, but it felt so much longer. And after that, I I lost my nerve a bit. I don't mind admitting that. And, and I'd go in on like sunny three foot days rather than trying to 
prove myself and and try and push myself because the ocean it it needs respect and I believe there's times when we're meant to be there and there's times when we're not and you know thank god for people like your boyfriend who's a lifeguard on one of probably one of the most dangerous surfing beaches in the world Puerto Escondida and you know if it wasn't for people like that I mean I probably could have done with rescuing I did get myself in but you know, he has some hairy stuff to deal with in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And that feeling of being held underwater and that moving water, well, it doesn't matter if it's in a big river, if it's by the ocean, that it is, it's just, it's another one of those feelings of being so out of control. At the mercy of nature. At the mercy of nature. And it's, it's interesting because Danny and his lifeguarding He's out there all the time and he goes out in the biggest stuff. And there was, before they had um, better equipment, there was lots of times where he wouldn't even have to sprint down the beach if there was someone in trouble. So he sprinted, just sprinted, you know, basically in that like out of breath state and then has to go in. But what's so interesting is he finds a state of calm in that. Like to him, that feeling of being held under when things are going bad even when he knows that it could be going bad, it like puts him in this like focused trance state. But that's probably how you don't drown. That's how, that's it's exactly how you don't, yeah. Drown you. And you know, it's the same for us on a galloping horse because when I'm, when I'm on a horse and it goes into an out of control situation, I can drop right into that too. Yeah. Just total focus. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. Yeah, you're right. You just go into, what do I need to do to make it, change this situation, but from a place of calm. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's no, in that state, there's not fear or it's, it's like a sense, it's a sense of this is really bad, but there's urgency. Not... There's a sense of urgency of like, I need to change this. You know, I need to get this sorted, but not fear, not yeah. like, oh my God, I'm going to die. It's just like, I need to, you just, I don't think there's even time to think about anything like that. You just deal with what's in front of you from a place of calmness. Have you had those moments in those times where time actually slows down? Oh yeah, so it's 100%. Like, it's like things are moving so fast and you're reacting out of total instinct, Yeah. but yet you're like processing and conscious of so much that's going on at the same time. But I think when you really are in the moment with something, whether that's survival or meditation, time somewhat ceases to exist, yeah. But nothing, nothing can test you like water. I think there's just that feeling of being at nature's mercy when you're in big rivers, big oceans. I think maybe jumping off docks into a lake is maybe more my speed these days. That felt good. That felt real good. (laughs) That felt safe. Swim back to shore without a current, without anything. Yeah. So, you know, I made my first water rescue. I didn't tell you this story. I made my first water rescue recently. Really? What happened? In Mexico. In Mexico. No way. At a waterfall. Yeah. So Danny and I had gone to this waterfall with Frida. Frida's the dog, by the way. Yeah. Frida's my little miniature dachshund. So we we thought that it was going to be that we were finding this like secret waterfall. Not so secret. 
there's a lot of people there. <laughs> and it was one of those like river waterfalls where there's actually quite a few. There's kind of like the big main one that everyone like goes to, but then there's lots of other ones if you follow the river down. So we figured, okay, we went up, we saw the big one, checked that box. Let's like walk down and just hang out near one of these other smaller ones. So we go down through, found one that was like beautiful. It's probably like a seven foot waterfall. Nice. And then, you know, just kind of like over this rock, nice deep swimming bed. So he was relaxing at the rock and I was like, I'm going for a swim. I'm going to go in. So I went in and I'm like in the pool and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, cause I'm kind of facing away from the waterfall out of the corner of my eye, I just see something go whoom, down over it. Like this little streak over the waterfall, over the waterfall. And I don't even know how, cause I didn't actually see it. And I was facing the other way, but I immediately knew I'm it's, I was like, it's Frida. She's just gone <gasps> over the waterfall. No. And I also knew, again, all the things that your brain goes through without thinking of it in just a split second. I was like, she just went over that fall. She's in the water and it could be holding her down. So I dove in and was just, so I was like standing right by the edge of this pool, turned, just dove swimming as hard as I can. And just as I was almost there, she, her little head pops up oh, and bless she her. just starts swimming like mad for me. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> and at the same, I got, as soon as I like had her and turned around, Danny was behind, like running into the water too. Oh. Probably thinking he was going to do two rescues. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless him. But I, oh, God. I held Frida for, I don't even know, probably like an hour after this. And finally he was like... I think Frida's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's you that's more traumatized by this. Like you can let her down now. But that that was really scary. That is so scary. You're lucky that she came up. I have always loved being a teacher. When I was a little kid, I would make these different lectures and classes on obscure topics like equine diseases and lameness. And we're here, Andrea and I are connected because of Horse Class. And Horse Class is my educational company and a community of horse people from countries all around the world that are united by wanting to be the best that we can for ourselves and for our horses. And we publish free videos, free resources, and premium courses in riding tips, in horse training information and inspiration, and also how to take the best possible care of your horse. If you want to learn more, check out our website, horseclass.com. We've got the link in the show notes. It's actually um, just reminded me of our dog in Costa Rica. We had a beautiful pit bull rescue. She just jumped in my car one day, but that's a story for another day. We were out doing the horses in the rainforest and they had what they call a posal, which is like a, a pool that has been man-made and they were using it to use the water to water the watermelons. And Bally thought, I'm cold. I'm really, really hot. I'm going to jump in. Yeah. We then discovered she can't swim and she was a big heavy pit bull and she jumped in and she got a little bit of water in her ear and she started shaking her head and with that her bum, her bottom sank and she was now like head up, bum facing down and she just sank 
like a rock. Was she trying? Like, was she? She was trying, but that nothing was happening. Wow. She just went down, and Chris had to leap in, grab her by the collar, and pull her out. How deep was the water? It was well over head high, so it would have been like 10, 15 feet probably. Yeah, deep enough. Wow. But see, dogs are as addicted to water as us. You know, there's something about it, isn't there? I mean, let's face it, when we're in the womb, we're floating in water. I think there's something we all love to be in water and there's nothing quite like it for, you know, a reset. You feel just so much more alive when you're floating in water, but it can be really dangerous. It can also be a lot of fun though. Yeah, definitely worth an illegal swim at every opportunity. Absolutely. We did hang our jumper over the um, sign, so <laughs> we could have argued that we didn't see it. <laughs> you mean we hung our coat? <laughs> <laughs> no, a jumper jumper's a sweater. Oh, that's right. I still haven't a sweater. I haven't memorized that one. Oh my goodness, we have to laugh about. We've we've got to do a whole podcast on the differences in language. Anyway, this has been so much fun, everybody. We hope you tune in for the next episode of Grab Life by the Reins. We certainly try and do that every day. Thank you for listening to Grab Life by the Reins. If you want to see ridiculous photos from our adventures, be the first to know when we release new episodes and be a part of more shenanigans, join our email family at grablifebytherains.com. We'll see you in the next program.